Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. You know, today I want to be talking about God's relentless love. You know, one thing that I've been learning over the years is that God is extremely intentional and very, very practical in trying to find ways to love you, to love us. And so I want to share with you some scriptures uh, that I, I hope will help you see that he's, he's always one step ahead of you, always trying to find ways to love you. He's always wanting to find ways that he can give you good gifts. And the one thing about a father's love is that there's always an on switch. You know, when we, when we grow up with our families, with our parents, and, and, and uh, our parents love us the best way they know how, but there's at times we wonder, is there an on and off switch with love? You know, because sometimes, you know, when you're uh, in the hot seat, it feels like that love is, switch has just been turned off a little bit. But the reality with the Father's love for you is that the on switch is always on. It's always there for you. It's always flowing to you. Love is on. And love is relentless. And the Father is continually seeking you so that He can express His love to you. But a lot of times... In our day-to-day situations, sometimes through our actions, sometimes even maybe through our, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, we kind of lose the sense of God's love. And that on switch doesn't feel on. It feels like, God, where are you? Are you really able to rescue me and help me right now? Are you available to help me in this situation? And there has to be a way in which all of us can access that love that's always on. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing, love is unending. He doesn't change. His love doesn't change. The expression of His love doesn't change. The only part of the equation is that we change. That we drift away that we pull away, that we wonder if we're going to get a big whack because we've done something wrong. Well, the reality is, is that God can't change. And His love is continually flowing to you. When you woke up this morning, He smiled first. He liked the fact that you woke up today. He is this day trying to find ways that he can tell you, I love you. You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. And in that, it's a relentless pursuit that I want you guys to understand something. It started before time began. It started before creation. It started before time. This love for you started before he made you. 
So I want us to look at some scripture verses that begins to, to paint this reality. Revelations 13, 8, chapter 13, verse 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb, of, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. John 17, 20 through 24. Jesus here is saying, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. Jesus is, is communicating something here that is extraordinary. He's saying this love that you and I have, the Father's love for the Son and the Son for the Father, He's saying, I'm praying that they might experience this love and that they actually be with us. You'd be with them. You'd be with in this dynamic of love that is between the Father and the Son that he's saying, I want them to be, I want them to experience it. That they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, the glory which you've given me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. I and them and you and me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. The Passion Translation there in verse 23 says, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. Before anything was made, there was a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the love between the Father and the Son was so awesome. The love they had for each other was so profound so incredible, this love between the Father and the, and the Son. They said, we need to share this love with others. We need to share this, this dynamic of love with other people. So they were so moved to want to share this love with others that they wanted to create a people that could be filled with this absolute unending, extravagant love. Their love and devotion to e each other, there was to be a people that were experiencing this same love and devotion. So they wanted to create a people that could dwell in this holy space between the Father and the Son. A people that could actually experience the Father's love for the Son and the Son's love for the Father. So there would be a people so captivated by this love that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father 
that it would change the internal chemistry and personality of who you are. It would so radically change you on the inside that there would, you would be undone by this love that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father. You know, I, I remember a lot of times when, when I was able to express my love to Eliza and, and, and just express my heart to her, that I love her. And the children would see it. And you ever seen a child when a mom and dad are expressing love? What do they do? They want to come and run in right in between you and look up at each other. And it just, it gives them that sense of security. It's like, wow, mommy and daddy love each other. And they get to be a part of it. They get to experience it. But there's an important element about receiving this great love that the father has for the son. It's a great invitation for all of us. It's always based on free will. And the Father didn't want to create a people that would just be clones of Himself. He wanted to create a people that uh, had the power to choose if they wanted this love or not. It's, it's, it's something in which he, he didn't want them to have to try to manufacture, be, manufacture love or just be a, a, a replication of him. But there's a power that happens when we have the ability to choose if we want to love or if we don't want to love. So they wanted a people who would be absolutely free to choose that love or not choose that love. He wanted everybody to be free. He wanted real love. He didn't want something that's contrived or manufactured. And they knew, the father and son, they knew that as they gave freedom of choice to a people, that also meant something else. And that is that that there would be a people that might choose not to love. That might not choose to receive the love. So I'm sure as they were having this discussion before creation, how do we deal then with some people that don't choose to love? They don't choose and don't want it. I'm sure this was a conversation that was going on between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. How do we create something even for those that don't want us, don't like us, don't prefer us? So in that, free will simply is the permission from God to say no to him. That's really what it is. I think you have a choice to say no. But here's an amazing thing about God. In giving that very real permission to not choose him, he also came up with a plan for those who don't choose him 
to still find a way maybe to come on back home. He still came up with a plan that, that his love was going to be so irresistible. It was going to be irresistible grace for those that just haven't really come to the revelation that this love was made for them and for them, not because of anything they said or done, but because you were created in love to be loved. You were actually created by God so that God might be able to express His heart of love to you. Imagine the fact that you were created before the beginning of time for the very purpose that God wanted to have His heart satisfied and fulfilled so that He could just love you. Love. That's what love does. Love loves. It loves all the time. And love doesn't have an off switch. Love loves when you have a bad day or a not so good day or a good day. Love does not just all of a sudden decide it doesn't want to love. And so you have to realize that when maybe last week you blew it, that didn't turn off the switch. And then all of a sudden, you got to work your way back home. you got to figure out, oh, how can I get on God's good side now? I want Him to love me. He doesn't do that. So I'm sure at this roundtable discussion in heaven before creation, the question was asked, well, what do we do about the ones who do not choose us? What do we do? How do we bless those who don't like us, who hate us, who don't want anything to do with us? They think all of this is just foolishness, this God stuff. How do we touch their hearts? I think at this point is when Jesus stands up and says, you know what? For those people that will choose to turn their backs on us, I will leave heaven. I will lay aside my glory. I will come to earth and become as man, become like them. And I will live without sin. And then I will offer up myself as a sacrifice for them. so that these people might be able to find their way back home. That they might be able to enter into this affection that the Father has for the Son and the Son has for the Father, that they might be with us. So the Bible says that Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? It means before Genesis 1-1, it was a done deal in heaven. Jesus would come and be the sacrificial lamb for you. And this is all being done before God said, let there be light. Before God said, let there be light, 
Jesus already said, I agree. I say yes. I will give my life. Think about this. He's, he's willing to give his life for people that were not even created yet. Now that's love. Before you were even created and formed in your mother's womb, before you were even thought of, Jesus knew you. And he said, I will die for you. That is love that is unconditional. That is a love that is beyond our imagination that before you were even thought of, Jesus knew you and he said, I love you so much, I'm going to die for you. He made a way for those wayward ones to be able to find their way back home. So the very nature of God's love is that it is unchanging. I, I wish I could have learned this a long time ago. Because, you know, we all have parents that do our best in loving us and caring for us. But, you know, as I was growing up, I, it seemed as though love took on different faces at times. It just changed. It was something that I, I, I couldn't figure out because it seemed like it was based on conditions, me being good or not good. And so in that, God's love never, ever changes. It is extravagant. It is uh, unrelenting. It pursues and it goes after you because you are the object of his affection. So the love the Father has is always trying to find ways that he can give you good gifts. Good gifts. A father gives good gifts. And in that, he's wanting to reach you and embrace you so he doesn't just turn off the love switch because you just failed. His love is always available and is pursuing you relentlessly. 1 John 4, 7 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not Love does not know God, for God is love. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this, in this is love. No, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, one of the most famous lines that any of us are ever going to hear about who God is, is God is love. Have you ever heard of that before? 
You know, it is so commonplace that it, it doesn't even seem like it's no longer even important to talk about it or think about it or impact that. It's so, yeah, God is love. So we go into the next thing. But that is who God is. He can't be anything else but love. God was love. Before there was love, there was love. So it appears so obvious to actually consider what this means, but we have to just really state the obvious and get it out of the way. And so can you all just say with me, God is love. Okay. So we got the obvious out of the way. So, but his love for us embraces all that we are as well as all that we are not and all that we're going to be. It's a constant, an unchanging, unchangeable, ever-present reality. God's love loves and it doesn't deal in half measures. It doesn't deal like in, well, I'll give you a 50% today, boy. You deserve 50. He's all the way in. All in all the time. He's like, I'm into this thing. Because I can't be any other. I love you. Because I love you. That's some pretty radical love. I, am I the only one that over my life have been a rascal at times? <laughs> have any of you been a rascal? I'm glad he loved me in my rascalness. When, when, when I was obstinate, when I was wanting to do things my way or the highway, and I, I, I didn't want to really have him get involved in my plans. I love what Graham Cook says. There is nothing we can do to make him love us more. And there's nothing we can do that will make him love us less. Isn't that wonderful? He will not love us more if we become better people, if we become better parents. Better partners, better brothers and sisters, better members of the church. He will not love us any less if we decide that we have no plans to even change the rest of our lives. Do you know that? If you decide from this day, I don't want to really change anymore, he's not going to love you any less. He's there for you. And even if you don't even have an intention to really walk with him, he's going to love you because he loves you. That's what he does. He loves us simply because that's what he likes to do. It's his nature and it's who he is. You know, the reason a child can, can tell you that Jesus loves you is that to them that's obvious. He does love me. And there's no second guesses. Children accept it. They embrace it. He loves me. You know, with adults, we put up roadblocks in our mind. 
And we think, wait, he can't really love me right now. I'm not really the nicest person. And we, we, we put roadblocks in our mind also thinking maybe we don't deserve it. Well, the reality is you don't deserve it. But when you realize that before you were created, Jesus said yes to loving you. That's an amazing reality and thought to even try to comprehend that you were made for the very expression of love. So I want you to ask yourselves, does this possibly, this extravagant, unending love maybe begin to challenge you in thinking about the way you love yourself. Because, you know, sometimes you can't be loved because you don't love yourself. Sometimes we can be our worst enemies. Word of actually love the very creation that we are before God and when we don't like the creation we don't like who we are it's hard to receive love but you were made out of love and God wasn't like putting expectations on you to be a certain way but when all of a sudden you realize you know what I really don't like myself it actually short-circuits the ability for the Father's love to come and fill you and love you. I remember when I was younger as a child, um, because of my struggles um, as a learning disabled child and, and just, um, just didn't feel like I measured up with my peers, you know, I... I began to go inward and I began to despise myself because I wasn't like my peers and I agreed with what was being spoken over me that I wasn't smart. And so that reality, the inward reality of my life was such that I really began to hate myself. I didn't like myself. And what that did is that when you don't like yourself, it does this to the love of God. Because when you can't love yourself, it's hard, to, your receptor to receive love is turned off. Do you understand? It's just turned off. And so when His love can just all of a sudden splash into your life, and all of a sudden, love you right there where you are. And, you know, when I was in college, God did a Jehovah Sneaky on me. And I was lost as a goose. I had just, and I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I was growing in my faith as, with the Lord. And there was one day I had an invitation to receive the Holy Spirit like we did today.
And in that invitation to receive the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, the next thing I know, this enormous, relentless, unending, extravagant love filled my heart deep in the depths of me and I was so filled with the love of the Father, I, I, it was like my internal life changed in a minute because I tasted of the Father's love on the inside of me. The Scripture says that the love of the Father has been poured out into your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. As Romans 5, 5. It's the love of the Father that's been poured out into your hearts through the Holy Spirit. So when I received the Holy Spirit, I received a love from a Father that I'd never known. And I could feel that wraparound love and hold me. And you know what? The essence of that experience, of experiencing the Father's love, is still with me here today. I'm still walking in the reality that I experienced, a deep reality of this love that drove out all of the fear. It drove out the fear of man. It drove out the fear of being a failure. It drove out the fear of being um, not wanted or, or not feeling like I was loved. It drove out the fear. Where I was, I used to be afraid of people. I didn't care anymore because love was in here. When the love of the Father rests inside your heart, it doesn't matter if you get somebody looking at you like, who are you? You know, like a cow to a new gate, you know? I mean, it's like, it doesn't matter what people think anymore. Yeah, you, 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 if you've never been on a farm and you got a new gate, cows will go up to it and they'll go, What's that? You know? So, he loves unconditionally. Always. And from that love comes perfect trust. Because God's boundless love for us is constant. It's not going to change. It cannot change. Because that's the nature of God. He can't, he can't be anything other than himself. He cannot be anything other than love. And so that reality is something that's perfect that you can trust. And from that point is where you can allow your heart to even be able to be able to forgive others that might hurt you. Because when you're loved and you're forgiven, you can forgive others. And one of the things that, you know, I, I, I wasn't like a, a, a very, I, I mean, a, I didn't hold grudges. But you know, my heart, I held on to things. And sometimes we get offended, we get hurt, and so we hold on to judgments. And my ability to love and forgive, forgive and love, it, it all got, it was, it just got, it got changed when the Father's love sat inside my heart. And then I was able to forgive because he's forgiven me. It was like, it's a no-brainer. Well, up until then, it was like a tit for tat. I don't know if I'm going to forgive you until you change. 
But this perfect love encompasses all of us. It, it just fills us, and it's good. And it's not based on your actions or your thoughts or your behavior. There's, it, it just literally means that there's nothing that we can do to wreck it or mess it up. His love is there for you whether you blow it. And then he's given you the ability to find your way back home when you've gone wayward. So once you become certain of God's love, you begin to trust in it. And, and you know what? There's times that God will even allow himself to be perceived as not trustworthy. Let me explain. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't really like the idea that they were getting ready to be thrown into the fire. That situation was showing to them, I don't know if God is faithful right now. So the stage was set. The fire was turned up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are in the fire. And they're sitting there probably holding hands, looking at each other. Is he going to come through? And the next thing you know, there's a fourth person in the fire. Jesus steps into the fire. And he's proving himself trustworthy. I'm sure all the Israelites, when they got right up to the ocean at the Red Sea, they're thinking, is this God of everlasting love going to come through for us? They were tested. They were up to the point where it was getting close. The enemy was behind them. Pharaoh's army, all the chariots. And then God steps in and says, you know what? I'm going to show you that I'm trustworthy. And it's just like when, when David learned that he could defeat a bear and he could defeat and kill a lion, he realized that God's trustworthy in that no harm will befall him. No harm will come to him. He can trust him that no destruction, nothing is going to kill him. Nothing is going to take him out. He's learning to trust that, that no harm is going to just all of a sudden sneak up on him. So then when he steps out in that valley of Elah, when he's facing Goliath, he knows in his mind, I can trust him because he helped me kill that big old bear. Listen, I've had some big bears in my neighborhood this last week. I am telling you what, there were two of them. I mean, they were, they were I, I call them the two tons of fun. I mean, they were like beefy boys. I mean, these guys are like sitting at the food bar every day, I think. And I'm like, the thought of, of, of killing one of them with my bare hands is unthinkable. But David faced one of those bears and he killed him. And then he learned my God is faithful. I can trust him even with my life. So once you become certain of it, you become confident. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. We learn and learn to know that verse is to be true. We can trust him with all of our hearts. So as we allow ourselves to be loved and as we experience 
what this love is like for, us, uh, for ourselves, we'll have a tiny glimpse of how we believe God can actually see us in our lives and how He values us. God's love has the ability to put fear to flight in your life. His perfect love casts out all. It damages fear. It doesn't just like, well, just get out of here. It, it has the ability to, to crush fear and to remove it from your life. The way that fear is, is removed from your life is through displacement. If, if I had a, a glass of, uh, just a, a gla- an empty glass here, this glass inside has air. The way that that air gets removed from the glass is if I pour water into it. It's displaced. It comes out, the air, because of the weight of the water. If you want to be purged of all fear in your life, what you do is you fill it with love. And the love of the Father displaces fear. It has the ability to drive out that fear of feeling like you're alone, like an orphan. And you're filled with the Father's love. 1 John 4.16 says this, We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us. So that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in the world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. So the reality is, is that there is a love that is so extravagant that it can drive out all remnants of fear in your life. But the reality is, is that it has to be received. You have to receive it. You have to welcome it. You have to want it. You have to desire for this love that can actually annihilate any fear in your life. So this is done through called displacement. But how do we... How do we accomplish that? You know, it really comes down to a choice on your part. Because if you think that you're undeserving of this extravagant, unconditional love, you'll be limited in what you receive. If you think in some ways that you don't measure up to this kind of love, it can actually short-circuit the love that God has for you. The first thing that you do to receive the Father's love is is when we read the scriptures in Matthew 6, 9, it says, 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are receiving our Father into your heart. And when you pray, your kingdom come, his realm, which is in heaven, come to earth. What you're saying is, who's the earth? You're the earth. You're saying, God, your kingdom come, your father's love come in my life as it is in heaven. You're inviting the realm of heaven inside your heart. And it's our father's world. It's his realm. It is where he lives. So in that, you're receiving the father's embrace. The father's embrace is what displaces fear. A father's love, when it wraps around you, it drives out of you any remnants of fear because he's greater he's more powerful so in that when you receive I welcome into my heart now father your love and you got to first get past that mind of do you deserve it or not it's got to get past that filter that says I don't know if I measure up to this kind of love but you know what? If you're hungry enough, you're going to go for it. If you're desperate enough, you're going to reach out for it. And you need to allow him to hold you. You know, love does hold you. It embraces you. It wraps around you. It fills you. And what are the characteristics of this father's love? This father's love is love that takes time to listen to you, and he's genuinely interested in you. You feel like you're the only person in the room. Everyone else can be talking, but he's listening to you. His eyes are locked on you. He's not thinking, hey, g give me just a minute. Okay, what'd you say? He's focused. Because remember, you're the object of his affection. He's not affectionately looking somewhere else. He's a father who's patient and kind. That, that was never my experience. That was never my experience that a father is patient and kind. He's patient and kind. He doesn't get irritable. He doesn't get easily provoked. It's a love that just says, I like you. He always believes the best in you. He's your greatest champion. If there is anyone cheering you on right now, it's your father. He's cheering you on because he sees in you what you don't see in yourself. He's cheering you on because he sees great things that he is destined for you to do. And so he believes 
the best is going to come out of you. And that's what love does. Love sees in you what you don't see in yourself. It does. A father's love will defend you to the end. A father's love will go to bat for you and stand by your side, even when it feels like everyone else has left you. David said, Father, you are my saving defense. You are the one that comes after me and takes care of me. When everybody else has left me, though my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. The Lord is your defense. The Lord is your strong tower. The Lord is the one that you're to rest in and, and come under his wings. He is your defense. You can trust him that no harm is going to come to you. David said in Psalm 23 that no harm shall befall me. Is that your inward reality? Do you believe with all your heart that no harm is going to come to you? Or do you think that somehow, some way, you're just going to get whacked in life? And something's going to happen to pull the rug out from under you. Can you rest in the reality of the Father's love that He is caring for you, watching over you, never taking His eyes off of you. He's there for you when it all looks like it's gone, it's over with. And he is a good father who loves to give good gifts. He's good. He can't be anything other than good. Because the scripture says that God is good. It doesn't say he's good sometimes. It says God is good. So the reality is, is that God is also wanting to find good ways to give you good gifts. I... I think he's probably one of the best gift givers that there ever has been. I, I love the reality and just the thought that he's looking at ways to express one of the expressions of his love for you is through gifts. I think that's probably because why well, I like that so much because that's my love language, you know, is gifts. So, all right, I like it. All right, all right. So... Matthew 7, 11, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? He's a good gift giver. And you know, also a father's love has no strings attached to it. It is unconditional. It is absolutely unconditional. It's not on today, off tomorrow. His on switch is on and he doesn't change. John, 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love that the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And this is what we are. And the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. You know the word for lavished is ditto me. Everybody say ditto me. So each day when you wake up this next week, I want you to ask the Father to, to ditto me, to ditto you, 
I want you to ask him to lavish his love upon you and ditto you. And to wrap around you and love you. And to just show you the affection of his heart. You know, that's something that if I was ever to get addicted to anything, I could get addicted to that ditto love. I mean, come on. If, if that love is something that transforms us on the inside. So I want to encourage you guys today. To simply open your heart to receiving the love of the Father. Through the Holy Spirit. Into your heart. That's inside of your heart. The inside, the chemistry. The makeup. On the inside of you will begin to change. As this unrelenting love is poured out inside of you. And holds you. And lets you know that it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. Whatever you're struggling with right now, it's all going to be okay. It is. Whatever you're facing right now, as difficult as it might be, it's all going to be okay. And how can I say that? Because it says that he works together everything for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. So if he's working together everything for good, even though right now if it doesn't feel good, it's going to be okay. Because God's love is working on your behalf. So, you know, I, I just... Daniel, could you do me a favor? Could you go on the keyboard? Do you mind? I um, I believe today that God wants to set some of you free from how you see yourself. He wants to set you free from that inner record that keeps playing about yourself and to set you free from the bondage of fear. I believe he wants to set you totally free because he wants you to learn to love you just as he loves you. He wants you to love yourself just as he loves you. God's love damages fear. It destroys it. It eradicates it. If there's any hint of fear in you, there's a love that is greater than that that can drive it out of you. But you have to receive it like you're receiving water in a glass. God's perfect love casts out fear. So today, I want you to welcome the Father's love into your heart. Because he's been relentlessly pursuing you before time began. 
He had a thought of you before you were made. Before the foundation of the world, Jesus said yes to you. If this love is so good, so real, so true, I would encourage you to welcome it into your heart. So would you all stand with me? Just Let's just stand. You know, if, if what I'm saying is, is true, and it's something that you long for and desire, I want you just to kind of like hold out your hands and just and just begin to be in a position to receive love. Love that is relentless. It's an outrageous love, folks. It is outrageous. God's love is outrageous. And Father, in the name of Jesus, as we stand in a position now wanting to receive your love, Father, I'm asking first and foremost that your love would begin to fill the hearts of those people here today that have a hard time even loving themselves. Father, I'm asking now that you would help them to love the way they have been made. To love every aspect of their lives. Because they were made with an intent and a design to be loved. And Father, I'm asking right now that if there is anyone here that's struggling with even hating themselves, that, Lord, they would simply ask for forgiveness and now receive the Father's love. And that the very chemistry the very makeup on the inside, their very personality will begin to change as they first can love themselves as you love them. Father, I pray right now by the power of your Holy Spirit that the love of the Father would flood the hearts of everyone in this room. The lavish love of God would be poured out into their hearts through the Holy Spirit. This love that is unending, unimaginable, beyond our wildest imagination, would flood the hearts of your... I'm asking that you would bypass people's minds, go to their heart, flood their hearts. Let the warmth of a father's love, let the love that is there for them forever. Fill them up. And I'm asking now that sons in this house would receive a, a father's love. That daughters in this house would receive a father's love. I'm asking that this love would displace 
and drive out all fear in everyone's heart today. That fear would be put on notice. That fear would be kicked to the curb. That it would not have any place in our hearts anymore. But we could rest in a Father's embrace. Father, I'm asking now that your wraparound love will come around everyone here. And hold them closely just as if they were the only ones in the room. Father, I'm asking that your burning love that you have for us would be experienced in the hearts of everyone here. This love that's a fiery love. It's a love that knows no bounds. It's eternal forever and ever. Father, baptize everyone in this house in the Father's love. In our first love. Our first love with you. And I'm asking, Lord, that this love would begin to rest upon them and would stay with them. That this would be an inward reality for the rest of their lives. That this would be something that would be so resident that it would transform them from the inside out. Father, we thank you for this extravagant love that you have for us. From the beginning of time, you had each of us in mind. And you had a plan that you came up with because you knew that many of us needed to find a way back home. And I thank you, Father, that we have been adopted into the family of God. We're part of your family. Father, I thank you that we're going to have a big old family in heaven. We're going to sit around the table with you and say, you remember the day we were down there in that church and we talked about the Father's love? Well, by golly, we're here now. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the reality of this love that will walk with us all the days of our life. Father, I pray now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would seal the Father's love in the hearts of your people. And let the switch stay on. And I thank you, Father. So take a deep breath, like you're just taking a deep breath of the Father's love. And let it just come into your heart now. In Jesus' name. Amen.